Welcome to the Conscious Fire Culture. We give you direct access to healers, practitioners, and shamans as we explore alternative medicine for wildland firefighters. The mission is to break the stigma of mental health in wildland fire and lower the suicide rates. Our intention is to guide you through a transformation that creates a ripple effect in our community. Welcome, I'm so excited you've made it. All right, check this out. Mountain Mind Tricks and the Wildland Wellness Foundation are coming together for this amazing collaboration. This is going to be the most powerful thing to come to the wildland fire community in a long time, I think. And that is, you know, master plant ceremonies mixed with holistic medicine, with acupuncture, chiropractors, the breakthrough session, all these things coming into one to support you, the wildland firefighter, to help you regain your mental health, your physical health, and get back to peak performance as soon as possible. Because when we work with master plants and essential oils and acupuncture and chiropractic and mental emotion release, when we put all these together, it is a powerful transformational experience that really it's it's beyond words because once you're touched by the divine once you're in touch with that healing energy of the universe with that innate power for you to heal yourself there's no stopping it it's like a runaway train it's like you're gonna start healing you're gonna have a transformation that has this ripple effect that goes beyond just you and your family but to your crew to your fire station to your you know your workstation to your forest, to your region, to the community. And really what we want to do is, is give you the most amazing ceremonial experience and back that up with the integration. How do you take those experiences and come back to 3D reality and implement them? Implement those lessons, those realizations that are so deep and profound that your entire life changes. How do you integrate those? You know, one of my great mentors once told me, it's like, you get a puzzle and then all the pieces are all spread out but then you get to start putting that puzzle back together into a new way a new possibility a new way of being and that's that's what the foundation is working on you know the first retreat is the end of january of 2022 and if that's interesting to you i want you to go to the wildlandwellnessfoundation.com check that out and just schedule a call with melissa and See if it's a good fit. Again, that's wildlandwellnessfoundation.com. The foundation of Mountain Mind Tricks is the breakthrough sessions for wildland firefighters. And it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my entire life is to guide somebody through an awakening experience, remembering that they have the power to heal and giving them the tools to release the anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt from their past, and to truly release it, to let it go. When I see these transformations in my clients, it's like night and day. There's before the breakthrough session, and then there's after. And there's just so many times that their transformation touches me that I I cry. Like It's so powerful and joyful to see that transformation inside them. And and there's, there's so many modalities out there. There is acupuncture and traditional therapy and plant medicine. And I love the breakthrough session. I think it's an amazing adjunct to all these other things or even Western medicine. And the breakthrough session is so important to me because it's what changed my life. 
It's what allowed me to completely let go of my anxiety and to move forward and to become the healer that I am today, to start my own company, Mountain Mind Tricks. Like that's that's because of the breakthrough session. Without that, there wouldn't be any of this. And so if you're interested in a breakthrough session to really overcome the blocks in your life, to let it all go, to really step into your light and be who you know you could be, if you want that to happen for you, just go to mountainmindtricks.com, go ahead and click that button, alternative mental health, scroll through there if it looks like something you want. Let's, let's schedule a discovery session. Let's just chat about it. Let's have a talk to make sure it's a good fit. So again, go to mountainmindtricks.com and click the alternative mental health button. Welcome everybody to the Conscious Fire Culture Podcast. Join Thomas and Anne and our special guest, Nicole Bigley, as we discuss spiritual and metaphysical gifts, reincarnation, and the identity of a healer. We really get into depth about how to identify who you are and how Reiki and prayer and sacred geometry and the Merkaba all work. We dive deep into your like your sixth sense or your gut intuition, what uh, spiritual hygiene looks like and how to use prayer and to get in touch with who your guides and angels are. Stay tuned. Welcome to the show today. I'm so excited to have Ann Martin with us co-hosting and Nicole Bigley. She is the host of A Psychic Story, such an amazing podcast. And she also does Reiki and readings for people. And, and, and Nicole, could you introduce yourself and just let us know, like, how would you step into your gifts? Like, how did you step into your light? And what was that journey like for you? Well, thank you so much, both of you, for having me. And hello to your listeners. Um, my journey, I don't think it was necessarily what one would call quote-unquote normal journey. I do go into a lot more detail on my show about this. So if you're interested, you can tap into that episode. But ultimately, at a very young age, I would say, I believe I was at the age of four, uh, I remember having a conversation with my dad. And this was in the uh, late 70s where he had been mentioning that you know people in the 70s were very into the metaphysical at that time. There was a resurgence in spirituality. And of course, I don't know very many parents that would be talking to their four-year-old about this, but he had mentioned the topic of reincarnation and that we choose our life path and our life journey and even the people in our family. So he was mentioning, you know, you chose me, you chose your mom. And I gave him this very just abrupt answer like, yeah, I know. And he was like, okay, well, tell me a little bit more about that. And so I explained to him about the moment that I recall. I, I would say the, the best way to describe it is it felt more like space, like the universe, and looking down on earth and having this consciousness and this knowing just around me. I was like not myself. I wasn't a person. I was connected to all of these other beings. And looking down at earth and I saw a little girl playing in the field and said that I want her to be my mother. Very, very long story short, I was told it was not my time. By the time I turned around, I was told it was my time. So literally like in a split second, I was then heading down towards earth. And I had some of these knowings growing up over time. And as I got older, I realized very quickly that this was not the norm and that most people couldn't necessarily remember what it was like before they came on earth. So that's how it started. And luckily, my father and my mother at the time were not ones to necessarily squash. They thought what at the first time was creative imagination. <laughs> and then um, they let me, you know, explore it and tell them more. And over time, I just I found that, again, um, 
that they were very supportive of my experiences and my journey. So that's very short how it started for me. And then obviously I have other things that I can share later on about what that looked like. Oh, wow. I love that so much. And and I guess, you know, for, for me, I really want to resonate with your story here because, um, me and my best friend growing up and I met the way we met is just a whole nother story. It's an amazing, but basically we were young, like four or five years old and we would, we were playing, right. And we would play all the time, but we had this game called creatures where we would open portals and go into different dimensions and like talk to, um, and like save people and like be heroes. And it was total, total kid game. Right. And I never really thought much of it until later in my life when I kind of started tapping into my gifts and realized like, oh, that was actually <laughs> kind of a lot bigger than just a game. Mm-hmm. And um, and and so I, I think these things that we have as kids, it's so interesting because those gifts are real. There, there's so much power behind um, tapping into our highest self or divine consciousness or universal love, right? There's so much into that. And so I just want to say, I, like, I really resonate with that. That for me, this has been a lifelong journey. And like most people, I think mine was was squashed by society, by school, mm-hmm. by whatever. Um, so it take took a lot of uh, synchronicities to open me back up, right? Yeah. And, and I, I guess just... for you, like, what was that journey like of with open parents? Was like that must have been amazing just to explore your gifts from from a young age, right? Yeah. Well, I was super lucky because not just my parents, but both sides of my my family. So my mom's side, my dad's side were very into the spiritual and the metaphysical. I, I like to think that I picked them <laughs> at this moment in time in this dimension because of the level of support and the work that I needed to do and support of others. But yes, I, much like you, that as soon as I told my mom and my dad, and, and of course, as I got older, they would tell me things like, okay, you can share that with us. You can share that with family, but don't necessarily talk about it with your friends or talk about it at school. Like it's not a show and tell or, you know, these conversations, they, they did their best to explain that they didn't want to necessarily squash that creativity or the mindset or what I was exploring or experiencing. At the same time, they very much realized that, like you said, with society, that's not the norm for everybody else. And you start to have that conversation and they may lock you away or think you're crazy or weird or whatever and starting to pass judgment there. So that was something that is a very sensitive child. I remember crying if somebody stepped on an ant. I didn't necessarily want to eat meat. I just had, I, you know, I couldn't watch movies because, you know, just as far as just the emotions that it would show, whether it was fiction or not, was I was very sensitive. And so over time, building up that, I don't want to say resistance, but building up blockages and being able to kind of create those boundaries per se of that was very much part of my existence. And I would say then that the reason why that's so important is as I got older, it wasn't until the last three years ago, for the most part, when I started to you know, entertain the idea of starting the podcast that I realized I truly was still in the psychic closet, as I like to call it, because I, my friends and family knew, but work didn't, my full-time job, just everything else. And to me, the ability to lean into who you are as a person and that authentic truth was really where my guides and angels in the universe were, was like screaming at me, you need to step out into the light and do this work. Wow. Oh my gosh, Nicole, this is, this is resonating with me so much because I think in the last three years when I really basically retired from fire, uh, from firefighting and, and really stepped out and I've, I've had this feeling of like, yeah, it feels like I came out of the closet 
but <laughs> in a way of like, I'm telling the world, like I'm gifted. I have all these weird things that happen to me. Like I'm pretty much in a mystical state almost every day. And it's like, this is so weird, but awesome. And it's like, and I feel so much more free after really coming out. And, and, and I just want to say thank you for, for like telling us about that story. Cause it's so important. And, and I wanted to go back a little bit to this, this genesis of this lifetime you're in. And, and I guess I'm curious if you are familiar with Michael Newton's work and life between lives. Familiar from a high level, but not on a deeper level. I haven't read it or gone into his teachings or, or work. Right. And, and I guess, I guess, um, you know, I'm, I'm similar in some ways with that, but, but I guess the question is like, do you remember that life between lives even at a deeper level than what you told us mm -hmm. before? So the thing that I thought was really interesting is when it's almost like some people who are listening may think that, well, your parents may have put in a creative suggestion and then you grew from there and that sort of thing. But it was not the case because what almost it did was it opened up and kept that part of me open. When we're born, we are, I would say squashed. I'm trying to think of what's what they're sharing with me, the, the words to use. When we're born, we forget for a reason. We are spiritual beings here on earth having a human experience. I think we can all agree there. But what happens, the reason why we forget, it's the design plan. It is so that we have the opportunity to re-remember and then experience all of the different aspects of our physical being here and our life here. To answer your question about the before, I'm not one where I had a lot of knowing or memories other than the one I just told you about being in like the creator or the universe or that one spark. I don't have a lot of memories there. I do very clearly remember though, past lives, almost like, yeah, I remember this. I remember um, being in the woods and being a healer. I remember being in Egypt, um, all of those things. And that to me again, also felt like it was something that everybody else had memories of and wasn't the case necessarily. And it enabled me when I got older, like as a teen, to do more past life regressions and to look into that and experience it and get more deeper details. But yeah, hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, uh, there's so many, um, especially after going through my Hawaiian shamanism training and, and really diving deeper and like being trained in my gifts, I think that was such a turning point for me. But there is so many past lives that came mm -hmm. up, like definitely Egypt and definitely uh, Native American shamanism and all sorts of things came up like, oh, I've been a healer for so long. Like, this mm -hmm. is so interesting. And, and I think that was really empowering for me. And, and, and I kind of want to go back a little bit to, to this feeling like, you know, for people listening, like, you know, sometimes when we start stepping into these things, like we start, like, I know for me, I really like, felt like a crazy person because I, <laughs> I had this major kundalini event and then all of a sudden I was seeing sacred geometry with my eyeballs you know and it's just like okay this is like really freaking me out and and it took a long time to integrate those gifts but I really like I'm just curious on like what you've seen you interview so many people like me you interview so many people that are gifted I'm just curious mm -hmm. on like how what's this journey like for most people I would say, I'm going to kind of answer that in a few parts. The first is that if you feel drawn to a certain time period, a certain place in history, 
um, you lean into crystals, you have some sort of, you just don't know why you're interested in it and why it feels like home. Most likely that's because you've had a past life experience. So I would kind of encourage you to just have an open mind and explore from that standpoint. So that's the first thing. Like I had a lot of things as I was younger that I was like, oh, I love this. And I didn't know why until I tapped into it a little bit deeper, like you were talking about the past life experiences. So that's the first thing. And then the crazy piece of it. Yeah. I think the being told as a as a child and then growing up, don't share this because people are going to think you're crazy. And it's a valid point. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's still people nowadays that if you were going to talk that you see sacred geometry, they would be like, wait a second, what is this person on? Or what's, you know, wrong, quote unquote, with this person? So there's that. But the biggest kind of theme when I've been interviewing people and I've been seeing across the board is there's a level of stress and anxiety that we don't know necessarily where it's coming from. Of course, we all have the the worries and the needs of the day-to-day, like how am I going to make a paycheck, where, what roof over my head, that sort of thing, general life or death situations that happen. Unfortunately, that is part of life. That's not the stress and anxiety I'm talking about. I'm talking about the anxiety or the other feelings that you get that you really don't know where it's coming from. And I feel like it's important to kind of reflect on that because to me, that's nowadays uh, the way that society kind of says like mental health, mental illness, um, emotional uh, stress and things that we don't necessarily equate it to the spiritual and that it may be on a deeper level, something that we're trying to process and understand and grow from. So the last couple of years I had to quit coffee because coffee was like this liquid shot of anxiety for me like my heart would race I could focus intently but only for a couple hours and I would crash super hard and my sleep was so off I mean I would be wandering the universe until I don't know three in the morning before I finally got to sleep then I had to get back out at six or seven in the morning and I was groggy I was tired it just wasn't working for me it's not that I was mad at coffee I was just really disappointed and so I ended up quitting coffee And I've been searching for an alternative for a long time. And that's when I came across Mudwater. Mudwater is this amazing, amazing tea. It's got masala chai in it. It's got cacao, lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, reishi, cinnamon, turmeric, and Himalayan sea salt. And what's so amazing is that you feel the same energy, that same burst that you get from coffee, but it sustains all day. There's no crash, there's no headache, there's no dehydration. It's just this beautiful experience. And so yeah, I'm gonna say it, fuck your coffee. You gotta switch over to mud water because mud water will change your life. There's immune boosting properties, helps you focus with the lion's mane. There's one seventh of the caffeine compared to coffee. And so there's no jitters, there's no anxiety. It's just this beautiful experience with beautiful plants. So fuck your coffee. So if you want to try out Mudwater, I want you to go to mountainmindtricks.com slash mudwater or go to the shop and click on the button. Again, that's mountainmindtricks.com slash mudwater. So one of my favorite things about the Mudwater company is that they donate a percentage of their profits to the MAPS Institute. It's an organization that develops medical, legal, and cultural context for people to benefit from the careful uses of psychedelics. So the 
you know, MDMA psychedelic assisted therapy phase three trials. This is MAPS. And that's so important because there's been some amazing breakthroughs in the research with veterans and PTSD and uh, depression and all sorts of amazing things that they're doing. It's so important to support this company. Oh, I love that. I love, you know, the idea of this. I guess for me, sometimes I think about myself in four different bodies of like, and of course I'm whole with all of these, but like, you know, there's a spiritual aspect and a mental and emotional and physical aspect to my being. And I tend to always go to the spiritual because that's where I'm most comfortable. And it's like mm -hmm. my, for me, my affliction is being grounded. Right. And I think, so I will travel to like, okay, what's going on with my mental body, my emotional body, my physical body. And, and I think, um, most of society is kind of kind of like dropped off or isn't really open to this spiritual um mm -hmm. this spiritual body the energetic body or however you want to describe it like this soul aspect of ourselves and i love the idea of really like embodying and being on a like supernatural level with really like who you are and who you're meant to be and i don't think that comes um like really profoundly until you actually start to try and do some of the hard work and try and figure out how you are. Some people find out their gifts like super quickly. And for some people it takes a lot of work. And I guess uh, my question for you, Nicole is, is like, how do we really touch into that in ourselves? Like if someone doesn't know their gifts or is really curious about like what is going on inside of them, how do they really get in touch with that? Great question. I would say, I mean, it's taken me lifetimes and even this lifetime to try and figure that out. But the biggest message that I've received from my guides and angels and my higher self is that it's, it's, we, we make it complex. It's really simple. The simplest aspect is just truly to be who we are. And anytime we're not, and I'll get into that in a second, but who we truly are is vastly unique from every other single person. We're taught like, you know, there's this debate we're all special, yet we're not special. Like, how are you different? That sort of thing. And the point is, is that no one else is having the experience that you're having, that Thomas is having, that the person listening to this is having, that have had those past, you know, these, these current life situations and experiences. And the reason why we are here, it's very rare that we even made it here, quite frankly, when you look at statistics, right? It's because of our DNA. It's because of our vibrational resonance, the essence of who we are. That is our gift. So the moment that we don't embrace it or under, and try and at least understand it is when we do a disservice and when we feel crazy or anxious or stressed or not whole, right? And so then from there, if you just are kind of take a step back and like, I am unique, I am this person that has as simple as love to share with the world, that is, again, that gift, that ability. And then you get more information and you are guided to what that could be. Is it like you want to actually be a healer? Do you want to be involved in your community? Do you actually want to learn more of your psychic abilities and what that could look like? So I think that's really it, is that we tend to think it's got to be this profound moment or experience or gift when in reality it is profound because we are all unique in ourselves. Oh, I love that so much. And and I guess I like I think, yeah, like really exploring ourselves and having that curiosity without judgment. I think judgment maybe maybe judgment's kind of the squasher of of our gifts for sure. And 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 it's so powerful to really explore yourself without judgment. I think that's where we can do so much work is uh, that judgment is is a big piece for a lot of people. And 
And I kind of want to, you, you've mentioned guides and angels quite a mm-hmm. bit already. And I'm curious, like, <laughs> like how, how did you, like, when was the first time you tapped into your guides? And like, I guess I'm curious on like, not necessarily who your guides are, but maybe what kind of category. Cause for me, like I tap into the grizzly bear a lot and I have mm-hmm. an eagle and I, I use the turtle a lot. And I would say I've really stepped into like Jesus Christ is huge for me. Like I'm not really Christian, but Jesus Mm -hmm. is shows up every single session I do. And he just puts his hands on people and he heals them for me. And it is so interesting. And, and I think there's other, like for me, sacred geometry and fire element. And there's, there's some other like kind of secondary guides that come in, but I'm curious on that kind of, how do your guides show up for you? Sure. Well, for your listeners, I know that everybody's in kind of a different space and and understanding of this. I'll kind of break it down a little bit the way I kind of approach it. But the way I see it is, so archangels are angels that have a direct connection to universe, to God spark, to the one, whatever you want to call it, if you believe in that. And they have never been incarnated on earth in this dimension because they truly are just, they're a vibration that is still connected to that source, right? They come into our lives, in my opinion, when we need them, when we ask, and they are not allowed to necessarily interfere with our free will. So that's that whole thing that happens, right? Then we have our angels, or I'm sorry, our ascended masters. And those are people that actually were on earth, Jesus, Mother Teresa, uh, Gandhi, those sorts of things that they have experienced, but their purpose was a bigger purpose to help humanity and to help us on that spiritual, from that spiritual standpoint. And they are still on the other side and then they can help and intervene based on all the things I just mentioned. Then when I say my angels and my guides, your guides can be a loved one that was either past life or current life and is assisting you and or um, one of those ascended masters and so forth. And I kind of refer to them in one like angels and guides, just me for to say that. Um, I know Native Americans and others, they tend to use spirit guides in more of like what you're talking about, that you see signs by nature, by other elements and that sort of thing. And I do still believe in that. But my team is very much for a combination of archangels and my angels and guides from people and past lives that assist me. To answer your other question, the first time I experienced it when I was very, very little, probably before I even had that conversation with my dad about looking down and having this general awareness of who we are and where we came from, I very much remember Michael, Archangel Michael, and thought everybody kind of could see them and feel them around. And he has been with me from day one, I think, too, because he's the archangel of protection and guardianship. And when you're a light worker and or a healer and a sense of child like I was then, he tends to be around a lot more to kind of help guide us and protect us. So that's how I would share that and then my perspective and experience with, with your listeners. All right, check this out. Mountain Mind Tricks and the Wildland Wellness Foundation are coming together for this amazing collaboration. This is going to be the most powerful thing to come to the Wildland Fire community in a long time, I think. And that is, you know, master plant ceremonies mixed with holistic medicine, with acupuncture, chiropractor, so the breakthrough session, all these things coming into one to support you, the wildland firefighter, to help you regain your mental health, your physical health, and get back to peak performance as soon as possible. Because when we work with master plants and essential oils and acupuncture and chiropractic and mental emotion release, when we put all these together, 
it is a powerful transformational experience that really it's it's beyond words because once you're touched by the divine once you're in touch with that healing energy of the universe with that innate power for you to heal yourself there's no stopping it it's like a runaway train it's like you're gonna start healing you're gonna have a transformation that has this ripple effect that goes beyond just you and your family but to your crew to your fire station to your you know your workstation to your forest to your region to the community and really what we want to do is is give you the most amazing ceremonial experience and back that up with the integration how do you take those experiences and come back to 3d reality and implement them implement those lessons those realizations that are so deep and profound that your entire life changes how do you integrate those you know one of my great mentors once told me it's like you get a puzzle and all the pieces are all spread out but then you get to start putting that puzzle back together into a new way a new possibility a new way of being and that's that's what the foundation is working on you know the first retreat is the end of january of 2022 and if that's interesting to you i want you to go to the wildlandwellnessfoundation.com check that out and just schedule a call with melissa and see if it's a good fit again that's wildlandwellnessfoundation.com Yeah, I love that so much. And and I guess I want to get your perspective on like one of my great mentors that really opened me up to uh, shamanism was his, his greatest teaching for me was like, before you can do anything, before you can do any work with people or even with yourself is like being grounded and protected. And I feel like that's really like step one in really tapping into these gifts. I'm curious on your thoughts on this. Yes, that's very important and it's huge. And I think a lot of people are like, what does that mean? What does grounded mean? What is the protection aspect? And if you think about it, going back to what we were talking about earlier, we're spiritual beings here on earth having a human experience. Sometimes that emotional, physical, mental, spiritual gets out of whack because we're not connected. We're not connected to source. We're not, as you mentioned, grounded. And what does that look like? That means really recentering and thinking through and intentionally taking the time and the moment that you were in to to think through that groundedness. So it could be as simple as putting your feet in the ground, um, saying a prayer, uh, really just thinking about that protection. And the protection is important not to be as a from a fearful standpoint, it's more truly just, I guess the best, the better way of saying it is like more to be centered than anything, because from that center, you have focus and you have power and you're empowered to be a channel and to be able to either heal or connect with the divine and be that source um, to hold space and to send and share love, right? And that's definitely the first thing that you absolutely do is either call on your guides and angels or use tools, um, like I just said, with prayer and intention or anything else that you would like to do. Oh, I love that. And I think, you know, for me, I guess, like the evolution of protection for me is so interesting because I think when I first started using my gifts um, with clients and everything, I started to feel like, oh, like there's almost like there's a battle between good and evil happening. Mm -hmm. But really what I, what I've evolved into, I think more recent last year or so is like, if we just hold a positive emotion inside our heart, like that's it. That's all mm -hmm. the protection you need. Like that is more powerful than all these, like, of course these guides are super powerful, but it's like, 
the positive emotion inside our body, I think that mm-hmm. is like the most protected you could be. And um, it's so much easier than like the the dualistic kind of good and bad, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. That is when you, one of the things when I learned with my Reiki mastership or certification is that you are not the healer. You are really not the the person that's doing this, right? It's you're connected to that love, to that in, unconditional love and essence of where we all came from, that spark. And when you're there, you're truly holding that essence. And then to your point, you are absolutely divinely guided, grounded, centered, all of that, because it's just coming from that place. I think the reason why we talk about being grounded and the protection is when you're starting out early and you're not necessarily sure, like, cause you said this last year you got there is that sometimes you have to kind of practice it a little bit in order to get to that too, right? It's either or, I guess. There's a bunch of different ways you can go about it. But yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. And and so I kind of want to get, I want to go a little more grounded here and kind of tie this into Wildland Fire for for the folks mm-hmm. listening. And, and for me, like this started to show up really interesting. Like, and I'll give you an example. Like we would get dropped off with the helicopter onto a mountain and there's like a fire below us and we got to hike in and all this stuff. And we're there for a couple of days, you know, classic kind of single tree fire, just some of the best experiences. And then we have to hike out, right? We're in the middle of the mountains, the middle of the wilderness. Like you have a map and a, and a you know, a map on our phone too. And it's like, well, where's the nearest road? Like, I don't know, 10 miles probably. And so what I found myself doing, and this is where, I, this is when I was kind of like unsure, like, is this real? Um, hmm. Is that I would, I would tap into like a hawk and I would just put my consciousness in a hawk and I would look at the landscape and like, oh, if we follow this ridge down and take a left down into this drainage, we'll hit the road even faster. And it wasn't like I was basing all decisions on that, but I was like asking my body, like, okay, is that the, is that the right way to go? And I would get a yes. And I would get like the, the remote viewing that I saw with the hawk. And then I would like, kind of like, yeah, I think that's right. And then 99% of the time it would work out exactly like I saw from the hawk. And that was really kind of like, that was like really weird for me at first. And I think there's so much potential in the wildland fire community to, to open up to the idea of, of using our consciousness to, almost like seeing our environment a totally different way to keep our, keep the firefighters safer. And it's not that we're making operational decisions from this place, but it's like another area of information we can tap into. And, and I'm curious, like, if, like, I know that you're not like familiar with the operational side, but I'm curious on like the psychic side of like, have you seen like first responders or other people that you've talked to in your podcast, like use tools like this for life? Well, yourself for sure, because <laughs> you you've told me that. But and I wouldn't say I've I've spoken to other first responders. Interestingly, I have another client that's in the tech side of things, and they do support first responders. And um, what you're getting at is really, if you go back to the the basics of who we are as these as human beings, is being in tune with ourselves, trusting our intuition, trusting our gut, and the environment around us. You know, that's the best guiding tool. And it's almost like you're at one, what you're saying and describing, it gives me chills because it's like you're at one and in sync with the environment around you and able to read situations and the environment based on what you were designed to do. Right? Like mobile, mobile devices and tech and all that other stuff didn't exist until now. So you're able to use the around you, like the, the nature. Yeah. So, uh, I, I loved that experience and I think about it a lot and 
you will always hear us say like the end of a briefing, like go fight fire with your gut. And it's like, it goes so much deeper than that. I love the idea of just like taking in that, that sixth sense, that um, kind of capability that we all really have. And some of us don't listen to probably as much as we should um, because everyone has kind of that connection with their, their unconscious mind and their unconscious body. And a lot of us are stuck kind of in that really big stress response with a lot of things going on, especially as a firefighter, um, where you're stuck in stress and you're not listening to all the different parts of your body. You're focused more on survival than trying to listen to what else is going on. So my biggest idea is coming through like an energy kind of perspective. So there's a lot of energy that goes on for every single thing that we do whether it's part of the fire, whether it's how we function in the fire, whether it's how we think or breathe or eat. Um, and I would really like to know and understand how do we take that energy and really focus it into places that, um, that we can really utilize? How do we listen to our body in a stressful situation? And maybe, Nicole, you can kind of tie this into like how Reiki works and what energy really looks like. Oh, I love that question. <laughs> I need a moment to think about it because that's such a good question. I guess for me, the way I would explain Reiki and people that aren't as familiar with it is it's really just a way of, similar to what you were saying, Thomas, is to be able to go back into yourself and embrace that love and that light and be back at and centered at God's source. At Reiki allows you to do that. It's be, It becomes more of a tool and it becomes more of a mindset and an intention that then allows you to kind of tap into that spiritual aspect. So it sounds really complicated, but the way I would describe it is um, it's almost like, so I'll, I'll kind of give you guys a, a prayer and intention that we do in Reiki. And the, the first thing is, is that you just say, okay, thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you for providing this space, this time, um, you know, whatever the situation that you're presenting. If you're going out and you're fighting fires or if you're, you actually have somebody in front of you physically or long distance and you want to be healing. And then you ask to step out and have your ego and anything else that was going to be like impacting you, that fear-based mentality or the need to control or whatever, which is our reptilian brain, the way that we would process things if we didn't have any other senses going on. And, and it serves us a purpose, right? It saved us over centuries and eons of surviving and being here today. But as conscious beings and where we are mentally, being able to kind of tap into that gut, into that tuition, I love, love that you said this, and about the sixth sense, tap into another aspect of ourselves that we don't always do or trust all the time is what we do. So I ask myself, my ego to be removed and to be tapped into that. And then that allows that that love and that energy flow and just to be a conduit for it. And you receive messages, whether they, where, wherever they come from, and gives you that insight. So that's kind of how Reiki works. So I like to think about it as it's less of a healing modality and energy that's through me and it's tapping into all that larger source that we're all connected to that you're talking about here. The foundation of Mountain Mind Tricks is the breakthrough sessions for wildland firefighters. And it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my entire life is to guide somebody through an awakening experience, remembering that they have the power to heal and giving them the tools to release the anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt from their past and to truly release it, to let it go. And when I see these transformations in my clients, it's like 
night and day. There's before the breakthrough session and then there's after. And there's just so many times that their transformation touches me that I, I cry. Like it, it's so powerful and joyful to see that transformation inside them. And and there's there's so many modalities out there. There is acupuncture and traditional therapy and plant medicine and but I love the breakthrough session. I think it's an amazing adjunct to all these other things or even Western medicine. And the breakthrough session is so important to me because it's what changed my life. It's what allowed me to completely let go of my anxiety and to move forward and to become the healer that I am today, to start my own company, Mountain Mind Tricks. Like that's, that's because of the breakthrough session. Without that, there wouldn't be any of this. And so if you're interested in a breakthrough session to really overcome the blocks in your life, to let it all go, to really step into your light and be who you know you could be, if you want that to happen for you, just go to mountainmindtricks.com, go ahead and click that button, alternative mental health, scroll through there if it looks like something you want. Let's, let's schedule a discovery session. Let's just chat about it. Let's have a talk to make sure it's a good fit. So again, go to mountainmindtricks.com and click the alternative mental health button. Oh, I love that so much. And as you're speaking about this, I think the best way for me to resonate with, with Reiki and energy healing and, and, uh, you know, I, I practice a form of, of Reiki that's more of a Hawaiian tradition, but I think of like, just like if we could breathe underwater, just like laying down in a river and just letting that water flow almost through you and around you. And I think for me, that just feels so good of like how to explain like this, mm -hmm. almost like you, there's this cord coming in and plugging into the top of your head. That's like connected to God or source energy. And it's just like, right. it's so powerful. And, and, you know, when we plug into that, it's just, it changes our DNA. It changes our body. It changes how we're thinking and feeling. It is just this divine light that is so powerful. And, and, and I want to get your take on that, Nicole, but I also want to ask you, like, if you're familiar with like their macabre, uh, from Egypt uh, or the Gnostic practices. And that's something that's come into my life more recently, like in a very powerful way. And, and I'm curious, um, just getting plugged in like a socket in, and if you're familiar with the Merkaba. Well, I'll answer the first part of your question, which was more about like the flow. And I think that's probably one of the best explanations that I've heard, to be honest. <laughs> so I'm glad you shared it. So thank you. But yes, it literally is like when you hear people say, go with the flow, all that kind of stuff, it's different. That's a mindset. This is a, a way of being when you're tapped into it. And I think that that's a beautiful way of explaining it. And note, please tell me about the Egypt um, aspect. I'm sure it, once you do, I'll be like, oh yeah, that sounds familiar, but I haven't dived in and I don't know a ton of details about it. So I'd love to hear what, what it's about. So, so the Merkaba actually, for everybody listening, it's like the logo of my company. It's like something that has been uh, around for me for a while. I didn't really understand it for so long, but it's this, it's this sacred geometrical shape. And some people would like recognize it as a star of David. Um, but really it's like uh, two tetrahedrons or like two pyramid shapes and one, up, one is upside down and they're kind of overlapping and then one's pointing upward. And so it creates this like, I forget how many points there are. I think it's like a 10 pointed star basically, but in Egyptian practice, you know, we'll bring, bring in the Merkaba inside the body and basically start spinning it in a certain way. And it like activates our light grid inside of our body. And 
it, it's it's just another access point for Reiki or shamanism, however you want to describe it. It's just kind of the more of the Egyptian way and more of a sacred geometrical way of unlocking the the light body. I just looked it up. It's fascinating, <laughs> especially this one diagram um, that they have on it. No, I, I wasn't as familiar. I, what I find really interesting when you look at it too, though, because it's the light points and it is 10, um, is the way that the pyramids were kind of built as well. And you can see how that shape and that symbolism plays out. I do feel that with any ancient symbolism and sacred geometry that's come over time, that it's super powerful, whether it's pulling in and visualizing it, drawing it, um, or tapping into that from from all, all the stuff that you're talking about, but especially maybe from a healing standpoint, I'm going to have to look into more into it. That's fascinating to me. Oh, that's so cool. So cool. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's been really powerful for me and I, I haven't been able to like fully explain it to the last couple of months of like really incorporating my healing practice and inside my own body. And, um, it, what's really interesting is that it's so fractal and it shows up on a planetary scale and a galaxy scale. Um, it's really interesting how, um, the Merkaba shows up in so many different ways. And, and, and I guess to me that just like opens a bigger question of like, you know, like religion versus spirituality, because really the, the Merkaba comes from like the, the like um, mystic Jewish texts, mm -hmm. you know? And so there's so much, I think every religion around the world has so much to teach us, like in the original writings, without the judgment, without the things that are added in, there's, there's so much power. And I guess I'm so curious on like, you've had so many past lives, right? And, and you're an old soul, just so beautiful. And like your, your idea of like religion versus spirituality, because I think sometimes, especially people unfamiliar, this might get kind of confusing, like, especially when I was talking about Jesus or Archangel mm -hmm. Michael, like those kinds of things. Yeah, it was, it's, thank you for asking me that, because I do feel like this is an important point and, and topic for people is that there's a lot of inherent truths that the reason why religion exists is because of all the sacredness and the connection that we have to the source, whatever you want to say, based on your religion or your spirituality or your beliefs. And ultimately, over time, religion, in my opinion, has been used as a tool to control and to manipulate and to have us be in judgment of either ourselves or others. And it ends up becoming a fear-based approach. I'm not saying all of it. There's a lot of beautiful things out there. And we've over time lost that sacredness and our connection to it and why. So that's why I find it so, like you said, fascinating when you can look at various religions and you can see a lot of the similarities too about the Jewish faith to Christianity to all of it, right? And what where those parallels are and why. And again, when you look at the heart of it, the heart of it is because there's a lot of power and, and when I mean power, I mean not like the power to control, but the power from within the empowerment of where we came from and what those spiritual aspects are. So to me, religion is more of a approach and a learning and a spirituality, in my opinion, is a way of living in life. And I know that might be very controversial for people, but that's what I think. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, we're open. We're like turned up to an 11 on openness on this podcast. So <laughs> yeah, I love it. So beautiful. And, and, and I think like, um, I'm curious on, on how do you work with clients? I know you mentioned your Reiki master and, and I know you do readings for people, but like, how does that show up for, for your clients? 
Yeah. So I just kind of take a quick step back. A couple years ago, I was asking God about what do I do next? Still somewhat in the psychic closet. And they mentioned that I needed to do this podcast and I needed to do, you know, and share um, other people's perspectives and practices. So the whole point of the platform is less about me and more about helping people connect to other practitioners and to learn that there's so much more out there than just what we've been taught and really addressing a lot of the myths and misconceptions. So I wanted to say that because I do not do sessions for my full-time job or because that's what I'm planning on doing in the future. I did start to offer it because I was led by my higher self and my my guides and angels were like, you need to do this because people are hurting out there. People need sessions and you, you know, people started to ask, quite frankly. But the way I approach is I do offer long distance Reiki sessions and healing sessions if people are interested. And but the way I really like to work is if people are interested in learning more about hey, I do feel like I'm a little bit crazy or I don't know. I'm, I'm like not sure. A lot of my friends and family aren't, you know, jamming with me on this spiritual journey and I need a, I need a, a level-headed person or support. What does that look like? I work with people to tap into that and to say, okay, like let's come up with a game plan. How can I support you and or connect you with other practitioners? So that's the first thing. Um, I call them intuitive readings on my website, but that's ultimately what it is. At the end of the day, if people have questions about love and life and career and that sort of thing, I also will dive into that too because I know we obviously all are interested in those. I mean, we're living here on earth, so we have those experiences. But yeah, that's what I offer. So you can either get healing long distance sessions or intuitive readings. The intuitive readings are mostly designed to help you on your spiritual path and journey. Yeah. And and I think um, this this comes up so, so often because I think, uh, I know I've had, uh, like discovery sessions with clients or just had clients in general that are like, well, I want to do it in person, or I feel like in person is so much better. And like, there's definitely this connection that is so powerful in person, especially with, um, energy healing, like Reiki. Mm -hmm. But I, I, for me, I have interestingly enough found that distance is almost better um, one, because if we release any entities, I'm not there. That is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two, um, the other thing is, is I think for me, like really tapping into the spirit element and like collapsing space and time through like actually the computers are actually like part of the space element or ether element and tapping into that is like, is so, uh, it just feels easier to collapse space and time in the distance way. And I just want to get your take on this because I, for me, I know the results are the same as in person or online, mm-hmm. but some people are kind of like skeptical about that or like are hesitant. Like, I really want to have it in person. Like, I'm curious on your thoughts on this. Yeah. So, uh, there are some people where if I'm tapped in, friends and family included, where I'm like, you need to go to somebody in person. Cause I do think that sometimes when you have that physical connection and you're experiencing, you're like, wow, I didn't make that up, you know? So, that does help. But exactly what you were saying, what I find so amazing about long distance healing and sessions is it allows you and it proves to you as a, as a person, as a human being, that you don't need that physical space. Like space and time do not exist, right? It's a construct that we're right now we're here, we're experiencing it. Yes. But ultimately at the end of the day, like it's, it doesn't. And the, the healing ability in our consciousness and the energy that we share, you know, 
it, it crosses all those boundaries or those, those presences. So I do think that 95% of the time when you can do a virtual or a long distance or whatever, that helps because you're also able to connect with people that may not be local to you. And also what this pandemic has shown us, if anything, is that, yes, we're connected and we have these online communities, but this is another way of yet sharing our gifts, our experiences, and helping to heal one another in a different way than when we would have thought it would be in person. Yeah, I love that so much. And 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 I guess I'm curious on like some of the things that, you know, to kind of connect to this to the wildland firefighters a little more um, is is really like, you know, what can Reiki do for people? Like what can it do for like our mental health, even our physical health or like recovery from like major workouts? Like how and I guess my biggest frame for you, Nicole, is like if if we can think of like the wildland firefighter isn't it is a professional athlete. That would be like the, mm-hmm. the easiest crossover um to, to frame it for you. But I'm curious like how like how can Reiki help them, like energy healing? Well, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and it's almost like what we think about it. We brush our teeth, we take showers, we do our workouts, we do all that stuff, and a lot of times we forget about our spiritual hygiene or hygiene for our soul, right? And a lot of times when you have Reiki or you have a healing session, you don't necessarily need it ongoing. It's not like something you have to do daily, weekly, monthly, whatever, right? A lot of times you just need a reset or you need help regrounding or opening back up some of your energy chakras and that sort of thing. So I would say that when you're looking at as as firefighters and people that are on the first line, think of it as another tour or resource that if you just need that jolt, if you're feeling somewhat disconnected or you need something that, again, on that spiritual hygiene standpoint, you want to have taken care of, then that will really help you and help up-level your day-to-day and certainly your spiritual presence and experiences that you're having. Um, energy has been very important to me. I haven't um, personally delved into like super practice on other people. It's been more of a personal journey for me. Um, I've been able to work through a lot of the breathwork sessions that I have done with myself and other people on just how to like get stuff moving because a lot of stuff gets stuck, especially with Thomas, like you said, um, being a tactical athlete, we focus way more on the stress response and things tend to get stuck when you're not focused on flowing energy throughout the body. So it's interesting to kind of perceive and conceive this, this concept of energy lives in everything. And there is so much energy contained in your body that when we expel so much of it, doing our jobs and fighting fires Mm -hmm. and getting poor nutrition, that the energy source that we're attempting to call from has to come from somewhere and being able to tap into the resources that you do have, the sunlight, the, the food that we eat, the companionship, the laughter, the, the pieces of energy that come from all these different places, what we can tap into and still continue to use. So on a more spiritual level, you can kind of get into like talking to your angels or your guides or whatever it is and getting energy from them. But you can also focus for maybe somebody that's still questioning a little bit, but wants to understand it a little bit more. Just the simple, like almost physical forms of energy that you can see and process and use. And I'm wondering, Nicole, that if you've had anybody, if you could tell us a very short story that may have been skeptical and then found their way through it and just had a profound experience. Oh, yes. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) When you were talking, before I get to the example or the story, I do want to share what my guides and angels kind of popped in my head is if you think about your spiritual reserve, your energy that you were talking about, it's similar to a gas tank. 
So when you're on all cylinders, you're connected, you're grounded, you haven't been exerting yourself in a lot of ways, whatever your, your practice looks like, that tank is up, right? It's full. But sometimes you need that extra boost of energy or whatever that is. It's going to bring that back in and fill up your tank and that reserve. And so it's very similar to that when you think about it, whatever that that looks like to you, whether it's Reiki or something else. I just wanted to kind of share that because they were like, this is important to give people a visual of what it could potentially look like and feel like if you don't know exactly um, how that how you could experience it. I will give an example. So when I first did my or got my Reiki certification, I was dating someone at the time who was in the medical field, and this is part of me being in the psychic closet. And I didn't tell him I was going to classes, taking courses, getting, you know, laying on hands, working on people or anything. And so, very long story short, what ended up happening is one day he was, he got um, some bad news from the doctor, and he had gotten this information that his heart, like they had taken a bunch of x rays and other things, I guess they're EKGs, whatever it is, but um, it wasn't good news essentially. And so he's really distraught, and I finally, told him, I was like, you know, I've been doing this thing called Reiki and would you be interested? Would you be open to going to see somebody I can work on you or could be my, um, my teacher and my, the practitioner I've been learning from. And he was so desperate because like his whole mind was mindset was science, science-based, science-based, not as wookie wookie as he would call it or anything else. And, um, we go and we're working on him and talking about Jesus and Jesus Christ, Thomas. I was um, I was at his feet and my teacher and Reiki master was at his head. And at one point, and this is, by the way, just for the listeners, it's not that I didn't believe in Jesus, but I felt like Jesus was a religious construct. And so while his energy felt strong to me, I never really worked with him directly or had had any experience with Jesus Christ where I was like, okay, not only was he a real person, but this is what it means from a spiritual side of things. And I looked down and um, the guy I was dating had this this blanket on top of him. And all of a sudden it looked like this shadow just had formed over him and the blanket had dropped. And so I stopped and of course his eyes are closed, but my teacher's looking at me and I just had this shocked look. And what I saw was literally looked like the shroud of Turin with like Jesus just forming over him. And I was like, what the heck, you know, in my mind. And of course we keep working. She's like, what's going on? And I just kind of waved her on like, let's just finish. Let's just finish. When he was done, you know, after his session, he was like, he cried. He had all these other experiences. He really didn't share a lot. And I didn't want to press him on what he experienced. But when he went back for his second consultation, not only did the hospital lose his original records, when he had the, yeah, when he had the tests redone, the doctors were like, there's nothing here. And it messed with him so much where he was like, I have no, I I can't deny that. And I'm not saying it was me. Again, this was not me. This was not my teacher. This was God's source energy coming in and healing him. And he had such a profound experience that that changed the way he approached medicine and science and practiced. Now, he never really fully explain it from a scientific standpoint. And it bugged him for a very long time. We're no longer dating, by the way. (laughs) But ultimately, that was somebody that I think that, yeah, I can say absolutely he had an experience because I saw it um, and I know, know the results afterwards. I want to guide you through natural wellness and holistic medicine, which means using products like essential oils, essential vibes, glutathione mouthwashes, or even reading books. There's so many products out there that can help us, supplements, essential oils. There's so many things about the doTERRA lines of 
essential oils that I use every day, like lemon to detox my body and help me hydrate, like on guard to give me that extra edge, my immune system with the pandemic going, uh, balance to keep me grounded and moving forward in my life. I use the oils every single day, morning, afternoon, night. One of the biggest things they help me with is sleep. I sleep so well because I'm, you know, I'll lay on the lavender, I'll lay on the balance, I'll feel so grounded and sleepy and it's lights out. And I know the wildland fire community just struggles so much with sleep, really the lack of it, right? On top of that, there's books. There's, I've written three major books for the wildland fire community and, and I want you to try them out, give them a read, get the ebook, get the paperback, whatever suits you. But there's Overcome Anxiety Like a Hero, really teaches you how to get into a flow state. Awakened by Heart Fire is really the spiritual aspects of wildland fire. And the Heart Fire Anthology, the guided meditations, the Heart Fire Method will completely change your life. And of course, Six Minutes for Excellence. That is a guidebook for wildland firefighter excellence, peak performance, mindset, all those things. So go to mountainmindtricks.com, check out the store, check out essential oils, essential vibes, uh, go to the publishing tab, check out the books. Natural wellness is all about taking one step today that makes us 1% better. 1% better today, 1% better tomorrow, and 1% better the next day and the next day. One little habit adds up to moving an entire mountain with our health. That's what I want to guide you through. The essential oils, essential vibes, books, supplements, whatever you need, I'm here for you. So just go ahead and go to mountainmindtricks.com and click on the shop and go to essential oils, essential vibes, or go to the publishing tab and, and check out the books we've got. Oh my gosh, I love that story. Thank you so much, Nicole, for sharing that. That is, I would say I agreed so much of like, oh, Jesus is kind of weird. Like he's so religious and I, I didn't want to like believe in Christianity. I had this kind of baggage around that. But once I tapped in to mm -hmm. the Christ energy, the Christ consciousness, it was a life changer. Um, and and I guess what I'm what I'm hearing right now is like, there's something to this like, healing through a mystical experience. And I think this has been shown with, with the psilocybin studies, you know, plant medicine and all this kind of stuff. But really there's, what's so interesting about that specifically is that in the plant medicine studies with the MAPS Institute, you know, what they've recorded through the surveys is that people will have a psilocybin experience. And if it's not mystical, there's not really a healing for them. But mm -hmm. if it is mystical, then there is a total healing for them. And, and I just, I, I want to get your take on this of like, we can be mystical through plant medicine, through Reiki, through meditation, through breath work. It doesn't really matter through even dance. Right. But I'm curious on like your take on this healing through the mystical experience. To me, it's about faith. It's, and when I say that it's not faith religion, it's faith on whether or not you believe it. Um, because you can talk about it from a scientific standpoint, the placebo effect, all of that. But ultimately what you're talking about, really the mysticism is because we truly then connected. We believe it, we feel it, we heal it, right? 
And that mystic or the mysticism, that mystical aspect is to me, when you have that moment when you're experiencing something that you know it's not of you and it's of a higher vibration, it's of a higher source, it's a higher purpose and a power that's not of you that then makes you like connect and go and get chills and be like, oh my gosh, I was there. I was reconnected with where I came from for that moment. That's that mystical, that mysticism and whatever gets us there, that again, that belief, that faith, that trust is to me the most important. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think faith, that's that's such a good word, I think, of having, it's so loaded too with like baggage, but I think if mm-hmm. we like dig through that, like faith and conviction of our connection with God or highest source or highest self, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Like faith in that connection and that it's gonna love you and protect you no matter what, that's a life changer. That That's mm-hmm. a complete life changer. And the... The experiences I have, I have just learned so much, even just from the two of you speaking, because I have a little less of this like mystical gift. And it's mostly because I haven't tapped into it yet, because I still understand and feel and connect with all these energies. And it's something still quite new to me. And it's exciting. And I think that I can kind of bring the perspective to those who are listening of somebody that's kind of in the middle that has accepted the fact that energy exists and that you can use it and really like have benefit from it and be able to move and work with it, um, but still don't completely understand every aspect or how to use it in the most effective way for me. Um, So I want Nicole for you to bring one or two examples of like somebody that's kind of in my position that understands a little bit of energy and how to move forward. And if it's maybe just connecting with my own heart a little bit more, I'd be super open to that. But maybe give one example for somebody who's brand new to it, something really practical that they can do today. Like, what is it for them that's going to make them super effective and open? Sure. I'll give you guys a little bit of something you can do. Um, I'm going to take a moment and see if I can get some information downloaded to me. But to me, I do a lot of prayer work and intention. And when I say prayer work is not, again, prayer in terms of religion or whatever. I just find it as a tool to allow me to connect. It's a mindset, a perception shift. So I'm going to say a little bit of a prayer, an intention that you guys can use, whoever's listening, and see if it works for you. And if not, that's okay too. But um, I'm just going to call in my guides and angels. I'm calling in Thomas's guides and angels. I'm calling in Anne's guides and angels. And any of the listeners who are listening here, you are listening to this episode because you were meant to hear it and to be and feel it. So we thank you, guides and angels in the universe, for connecting us today. And we ask that anyone that feels open to it, that they just lean into their power, into their truth, and into their energy. And what that means for each person is going to be very unique. We ask that that energy is helped to be connected to your highest self, your higher consciousness. And if there are any messages or things that you need to be guided to do in this day that you're listening here, that that is given to you succinctly and clearly, and we thank you. And we also ask that in addition to any messages or guidance, whether it's through nature, through the elements, through your friends and family, songs you hear, quotes you hear in a movie, that you then recognize that as a sign from the universe that's meant for you and you alone. And we know as we ask it's being done, and we thank you. So I think that's something that when you ask Anne that, you can do. I just did that off my cuff, you know, but ultimately at the end of the day, if you are 
in that mindset or in that position where you're like, I want a little bit of a sign. We ask that all the time. I laugh with people like we ask the universe for a sign, like a feather. And then we see the feather and we're like, I want another one, right? I want to know if there's guidance. But ultimately, we are our own best guides and tools to where we're going. And we can ask for it and connect at any moment and any time. It doesn't have to be something super complex. So that would be the first thing that I would recommend that people do. And then just after you do something like that, whether you heard this and what I just shared with you guys, or you want to try and make it your own and customize it, just to kind of lean in and see how you feel. And like you mentioned in that connecting with yourself and seeing that energy, feeling that energy. And when I say feel, the other thing that the guides and angels are telling me is from an emotional standpoint, sometimes we don't want to embrace the emotions, whether it's fear, happiness, others, other um, emotions and things. And so that's another thing that they wanted me to kind of just share with you is like embrace it, feel it, and then express it. Because a lot of times when you're feeling it, then it's going to move through you a lot faster than if you're holding off um, and you're holding it back, I should say. So I think that's pretty much it on my end. Wow. Thank you, Nicole, so much for that beautiful prayer. And, and I just have to resonate with you and say, I, I pray almost every day over my food and in other ways in a, in a total spiritual way. And it's such a powerful practice to pray and, and be grateful for what you already have in the future. And, and, and I think just, yeah, I think one of the big things for me that I wanted to ask you is, is like embracing, I think I, I want to go back to this, like embracing feeling and then like expressing and however mm -hmm. you worded that is such a powerful, powerful message. And, and I think this has come to light for me in the last couple of months of just like surrender, like surrendering mm -hmm. or like letting go. And really like, again, coming back to that faith, I think that's for me been a big thing of just like having faith in like everything around me has been so powerful, like faith that it's all going to be okay and surrendering and letting go. And, and, and I guess I'd love to, you know, final kind of question here is like, how, what's the best way or your thoughts or what do you think about like surrender? Hmm. That's a loaded question for the last question. No, I'm just kidding. Surrender, a lot of times we think we're doing it. We're like, I trust in the universe. I trust in the divine plan. I I have let go. I have surrendered. And I'm pretty much guarantee you haven't. Because <laughs> true surrender means not just the trust, but like you were just repeating back is feeling it. Like you may have mentally thought I've surrendered, I've let things go, but have do you have you fully embraced it, felt it, let it go and expressed it? Or as we were talking about before, really living in your truth and that authenticity of how like the expression is expressing it not just to yourself, but to other people, right? That's the other kind of step. So I would say the surrender is not just the mindset of it, but truly thinking in ways. There is a visual that I saw the other day on Instagram where it's an octopus and the octopus is like holding on to a reef with all its other tentacles, but one tentacle's out to the side going, I've surrendered. <laughs> so it's really letting the ocean, the universe, the flow and releasing. But at the same time, knowing and being and remembering, I should say, that we are, again, human being, spiritual beings having this human experience. And so that's going to be look very different from each of us and what that looks like. So that's the true surrender is to knowing that you may not still be fully surrendering. You still may be controlling, but to trust and to believe that it is truly going to work out for you. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, and where can people find you and the podcast and everything that you're up to? Yeah, sure. So I, it's, I made it pretty easy. 
uh, or I should say my guides and angels made it pretty easy. Everything's a psychics story. So it's two S's.com. That's the website. And then also on all the social medias, primarily I'm pretty more engaged on Instagram than Facebook or Twitter. And the podcast is on any of the podcast players. So anywhere you like to listen to podcasts, you can get it and you just search for a psychics story. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so excited that we got to do an interview swap. So all the listeners, like go check out the podcast, check out the episode I did if you want, mm-hmm. like and, and, and schedule a session with uh, with Nicole here because she's an amazing healer. Like I, I can truly feel it. And, and, and I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you so much for being here and, and telling your story and, and letting us just kind of ask you a million questions and get to know you on such a better level. And, and I'm curious, is there any last thing that you want to leave the audience with? And, and, um, and then we'll turn it over to Anne for her last thoughts. Yeah, I would say the, the message that popped into my mind, and by the way, thank you again, Thomas and Anne for having me. It was really a pleasure and I've really enjoyed it and I'm honored is not to be so hard on yourself. Like we are, when we're wrapping up this year, we're going into next year and it's been a hard year, last two years for a lot of us. And to really give yourself that grace and that love and that compassion that you would give someone else. And in a lot of cases, again, we tend to be a lot harder on ourselves than we are on other people. So that's the universe's message to us is to give ourselves more grace and love. I just wanted to thank the both of you for just holding such beautiful space and being able to understand and communicate and move energy through the most helpful and useful ways and really be of benefit to everybody you guys come in contact with. So thank you. Oh, thanks, Anne. That's a beautiful message. And and for everybody listening, um, check out the show notes, check out the links, and check out the A Psychic Story podcast. It's an amazing show. And uh, thank you, Nicole and Anne, and we'll see you all in the next one. Thank you again for having me. I appreciate it.